You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. you're getting thanks Greg. it's the only hero we can afford that's true it's a it's a whhe style budget that's, that's what we can oh afford. my goodness <laughs> it means a complete lack of all budgetary items <laughs> yeah that is true uh I said if you've got 50 bucks i will take it <laughs> we were very cheap uh we were we were cheap days I swear. I, ho- I hope you people are all enjoying being uh, quarantined and getting to stay home during the day. Yeah. Because that does not... Excuse me. That does not uh, go toward me. I know. It's unfortunate. Because you're so essential. I, I am so very essential to the well-being and the running of everything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, nothing works without Wes. Um, so Jackie, uh, if, in case we're already recording, one name producer Jackie, we should say. Um, she, so she's been doing like a lot of stuff, getting things for her kids, all this stuff, and like some of them haven't really been turning shit in, whatever, whatever. Um, so then I think it was last week they basically came out with the news that like. Uh, when they came out with the, the stay-at-home order being going to May eighth, I think now. Um, they happy birthday to me. Yeah, they suggest they well, they not suggested they had it for schools that if if a student is passing your class, uh, they can either take a what's called a PC nineteen which is passing during COVID-19 and take that as their grade, or they can just take their numerical grade if it was like high enough. And they like, if it was a 95, they can take that. And if they're failing, I, they think it it's called WC19, like withdrawn COVID-19. I don't know. Uh, and then that's the only oh, time. That's what and that's the only time that they can take grades from those students. If you're if they're currently if they are passing at the start of of uh, the uh, the what is the quarantine, they don't have to turn anything in because nothing they would turn in was allowed to be graded. Oh God! So sorry, but Wes would have not. You know, you wouldn't see me anymore. This year. That's true. Um, sorry. And hey, you know, like every one of Jackie's students was passing the class. So only about 20% of them were even doing the work. So she was like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to do the concert. They, they have the songs. I'll work with them individually if they want help and they reach out to me. Uh, I'll put them, I'll edit them together to do the virtual course at the end of the year. But music theory, 
fucking done. Uh, my I have office hours from uh, like 9.30 to 10 when I'm available, but I can do it from my phone, so I'm chilling in bed for that. So I'm done. <laughs> Like she's like, if y'all if y'all don't care, I don't care. I'm out. Oh, it's kind of how I feel. I just can't take that attitude yeah, with me every day. True. That's true. That's it's like, who cares? You cut your arm off. It's <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> It'll just get infected. You'll die. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You have no chance. Uh, no chance in hell. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Oh, welcome to welcome. To, oh God, no, not again! Welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode three twelve. <laughs> Real quick, did you happen to see my tweet I threw out the other day? Uh, I, I, I've seen you. The only time I've seen you tweeting is when you tweet about ninety day fiance. Oh, okay. Then you don't know that we're having a mini so raw at the end of this episode oh where I have probably the biggest news in wrestling. Today. Um, let me let me search your timeline real quick as a... no, no, I don't want to spoil it for you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, welcome everyone back to the Afford Fair Podcast. I am Edward Green, rejoined by McCollin Crime, Wes Bradshaw, for what uh, appears to be a, a very fun episode. Uh, it's very lively here. On- sure. On- Wednesday. Um, so we're going to have some fun. Uh, we will, unfortunately, as I mentioned in one of my previous uh, solo casts, um, did not, the Newcastle deal has not fallen apart, which is really unfortunate for us because we were really looking for it. Hasn't gone through. That's so. true. Hasn't gone through. So you're telling me there's a chance. There is. There is. Um, so we will talk slightly about that. Uh, we'll talk a little baseball and and how that's going. Lots changed since three weeks ago when we were going to do this talk. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll have a. I haven't. Hey, Wes is hiding, teasing something for me later. I'm going to tease something for Wes later. We're going to do a little <laughs> quiz. Oh boy! Oh, this will be fun. This will be a fun little baseball quiz. So we'll do that. We'll do that. That later. Um, as well I've been, as I've been, I've been looking not to spoil later, but just as you mentioned baseball, there's been a lot of uh, uniform-related articles mm, on the athletic. That's true. That's not what I've been enjoying. Not what the quiz is about, but that is true. We will get to that later. Okay. Uh, just a just a little tease because we love pimping our favorite uh, site. Yeah, we do because it's. Still going so strong. Um, and, and hey, as Wes just mentioned, there will be a So Raw after watch for later on in the podcast. As always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Um, hey, because this, this is to be the first time we've actually got to talk about it on the podcast. Newcastle might finally be free from the clutches of Mike Ashley, but maybe not. Who knows, really? Because, again, it's been like three weeks since this has been announced, and it still hasn't actually been finalized yet. Um, it doesn't... Mike Ashley's begging for it to come out of his clutches, by the way. Really, really. <laughs> this isn't like a nefarious, I will keep it. It's like, Mike Ashley's like, shit, I want to get rid of this forever, but nobody ever wants to buy it at the end of the day. It's the reverse of you can pry it out of my cold, dead hands. It's like, no, please, please come take this from me. I'm begging you. Um, so, uh, again, Amanda Staveley and the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia are looking to be the new owners, which, you know, hey, 
love more oil money coming into the Premier League. That's exactly what we want. Especially when there also might be ties to piracy. Oh, boy, maybe they'll be the Newcastle Pirates. Uh, OMG! (laughs) I'm an ECU fan. This is perfect. Oh, the spirit of the Newcastle. Oh, that, they don't. Spirit of the Northeast. They don't do that anymore, do they? The spirit of the East. For... God, I wish, but no, they don't. The spirit of the East. That was, that was pretty dope when they did that. Um, for the early nineties. Yeah, back when I liked ECU. Um, so it does seem like there's there's not going to be any um, pushback from the Premier League. Due to it being from Saudi Arabia, of course, it would look a little hypocritical after what happened with Manchester City. But it doesn't look like anything else unless it comes out that they are literally are just murdering people that they're going to stop this takeover from happening. But it, like if they're murdering journalists or something. Yeah, like really weird. It's, you know, good good thing the wife of a murdered journalist hasn't come out and said, hey, you probably shouldn't sell to these people. Good thing that hasn't happened. Um so that that of course is that of course is a, a part of the story. Uh, the fiance of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, who was murdered allegedly by by Saudi Arabians, especially and ordered by the leader of Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, that's that's always a good thing that you want to talk about when you're talking about your local football club. Um, you know, this, this is just a shout out uh, to all the people who complain about uh, our clubs. Because we know fans who love to complain about ownership with both, you know, Tottenham and Liverpool. Uh, on our side, it's because, you know, nobody wants to spend any money. And on Liverpool side, it's those damn Americans. Uh, John Henry doesn't know what football really is. Uh, it could be worse. Okay, everybody? It could be a lot worse. Um, so, yeah. I the, Again, the first thing you texted me was... You weren't going to come back until this deal fell apart. It hasn't fallen apart yet, Wes. But being that this is the first time you've been on live to talk about this, what have been your reactions to this potential, finally, uh, Newcastle takeover coming to pass? A lot of different ways to look at it. Um, I'm not going to get into all the human rights. That's fine. Because we can talk about that enough. and. Quite frankly, it just somewhat bores me. Bet, bet more more astute people than us can tell you about that. Exactly. So you know, check out the athletic. Yeah. Um, I think for Newcastle, I mean, God, I think it's a complete win-win for Newcastle. And I'm not just saying that because it's big money coming in. Because at times, that's not the best thing that can happen to sure. you. Um, you know, you could say, oh, you know, it could strip the soul from the club. Hi, Mike Ashley on line one. <laughs> I mean, this dude's taking everything he can out of this club. Um, you know, their traditions, he has tried at every turn to flush their traditions down the toilet. Um, I'm shocked he didn't change the team colors at least once. Uh, I mean, there's just so much Mike Ashley's done that it's kind of like, you know, these guys might come in, they might not be the best, but I mean, shit, it certainly can't be worse. Probably. And they're going to basically inject a billion pounds into mm-hmm. yeah. it. Um, so the Saudi royal family, here, here's, something, here's something interesting. Um, just, so I have my, just so I have my Middle Eastern um, you know, royal family straight, mm-hmm. it's Dubai that owns 
city, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. Okay. So apparently there's like a big rivalry between the royal family in Dubai and Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. And basically like Man City's like, no, 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 you don't need to sell to them. It's terrible. Don't do that. Um, basically that, that could come right in and at least on like an ownership level be a big kind of headbutt. Mm-hmm. Um, Saudi Arabia is going to come in if Dubai is sitting right there at the top of the league, they're certainly not going to just be like, all right, well, you know, we're, we're cool to just finish eight. Yeah. We just want to stay in the premier league every year. Mm-hmm. No, that ain't going to happen. Um, you can be ready for Newcastle to start pumping money big time into that project. Now there is a difference between when Dubai came into Manchester city and Saudi Arabia. If, we're assuming everything. Just goes real down. quick, um, want to want to mention because I did real quick look up. Ahead. It's not Dubai. It's actually Abu Dhabi, which they're they're both okay. they're both. Like I said, I had to get they're both cities in the Emirates. You're fine. It's not. It's not. I mean, they would probably yell at you, but it's not that big of a mistake. So go ahead. Thank you. Uh, like I said, I, I thought I was right, but um, anyway, so Abu Dhabi. Um, there's going to be a rivalry. Saudi Arabia, that group, they're going to pump money into it because they're coming just to beat their rivals, if nothing else. Um, one big difference, though, like we were saying, financial fair play is a thing. Yes. That said, as someone put it, this could be a perfect storm for Saudi Arabia to come in because they've talked about with the COVID-19 relaxing. That is true. Yeah. Uh, for the next year or so. Um financial fair play rules just to try to get the money flowing and keep it flowing. So if they can get this wrapped up, Saudi Arabia may come in with or this ownership group. I keep saying Saudi Arabia, but this ownership group may come into a, an absolute beautiful situation built almost for them where they can come in and start splashing the cash. Um, I don't see Steve Bruce being the uh, the dream signing or the dream manager of this yeah. club. Even though, you know, Steve's done a pretty good job this year with the group he had. So you're not going to come right in and get rid of Steve Bruce. Uh, his uh, his pie yes. fund may go up a little bit, but, you know. Um, I mean, I could see them going out and trying to make some splashy signings. That's right. Mbappe to Newcastle, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but basically what that does right now, you've got a perceived big six in the Premier League. So get ready to make some room because Newcastle's going to fight their way in there. I mean, with that kind of money, if they get the investment that, say, a Manchester City's gotten from their royal family, mm-hmm. if they get that kind of investment, you can't really help but fight your way into that group. Mm-hmm. So the teams right now that should really be kind of nervous about it to me is the arsenals of the world mm-hmm. who are kind of at the back end of that big six. And I don't even mean that as just in league placement. I mean that in currently in infrastructure in money that they have to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Liverpool have the infrastructure and the management team in place, and they have funds. City has the huge funds. United has the huge funds. 
Chelsea potentially has the huge funds. Tottenham seems to have, let's say, the infrastructure, and apparently they're the most valuable franchise in the Premier League. Did you see that? I did not see that. I saw that. That came out today that Tottenham is the most valuable franchise. Yeah, I imagine it's probably mostly with the stadium. Right, a lot of it's got to do with the stadium, the training ground. But still, you know, here's the thing. If Tottenham decides they want to spend money, that's true. Yeah. Tottenham can go Tottenham can go spend money. Yes. So, you know, that's already out there. Now you add Newcastle into the group and you've got Arsenal, not to say Arsenal is a minnow or a lightweight by any means, but they just you know, it's either you've got the cash or you've got the infrastructure. And right now Arsenal are kind of lagging behind on both. So not to say they're poor, because I mean they did drop seventy two million pounds on uh, Nicholas Pepe. <laughs> But I don't think they're ready to go head to head with the cities, United's, potentially Newcastle's, um, potentially Liverpool, Chelsea's of the world <laughs> when it comes to the funding. And they could see themselves kind of feeling a squeeze from this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Leicesters of the world, who they've done it, theirs has been fantastic recruiting and infrastructure. Uh, this this won't make it any easier for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's not going to make it any easier for them. Um, and also, when you get rich clubs, that just that means the clubs below you are going to, there's going to be some suffering from those clubs. Mm-hmm. Just for the simple fact that that's another Premier League team that can come and raid your roster now. So, uh, you know, this could be a good thing for Newcastle. I'm not going to say for everybody else involved, it's the best outcome necessary. Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting thing the last couple of years. We saw the big six kind of coalesce, and then two years ago we saw Wolves kind of join their ranks. Um, this year, I don't know how right. sustainable right. it will be. We've seen Sheffield United jump up there again. I don't not to know how sustainable that will be, but then you have clubs like Leicester who have put in a lot and are starting to look much better with Brendan Rodgers. You have Everton, who seem to have turned a corner and are also splashing a bunch of cash under new ownership. So now it's like, yeah, you have that quote-unquote big six, but then you have a, I don't know, large three or four right behind them. And it's like, it's so hard to break in there, but it's also so hard for some of these clubs. You know, you mentioned like Arsenal – you know, if Tottenham don't do it, and I did actually find the article uh, on the mail about Tottenham being announced as the most valuable club today. Um, if Tottenham don't take that valuableness, to use a not existent word, and and invest it into actual players and make sure that that team progresses, they can fall back. Um, United, you know, Chelsea who knows with some of these clubs Liverpool and City seem to be pretty good even though City is going through a slight rebuild you know that we're reload whatever yeah. so, t- so tough you're still the yeah. um, favorites to win Europe tough. you're just not going to win the league tough break uh, Liverpool and City seem to be on solid footing right now after that it, it seems actually a little bit fluid so for a club like Newcastle who actually on that uh, study you mentioned was actually ranked 8th um, in terms of value out of Premier League clubs, they could be poised for a jump. We've heard, to tie it back to Spurs, there have been rumors of Maurizio Pochettino 
taking over for Steve Bruce once the transfer of ownership is complete, if it does go through. So this is, there is a chance for Newcastle to bust into it, but there are a lot of teams in front of them. And it's not just that big six, it's clubs again, like Wolves, like Everton, like Sheffield, like Leicester, who are there and will be fighting them for that, that same level and make it so hard for a club to break up there that they will have to not only spend money, but spend money correctly and smartly in order to see advancement up the table. Well, and and one thing that would be really interesting on that is, um, you know, we talk about teams who are going to maybe suffer and feel hard done on this. Think about being Everton. Yeah. You know, Everton just uh, Everton just got these owners who have money and have wanted to spend money, but due to financial fair play, haven't been able to. And it's, I mean, they're, Everton are doing some nice things. The biggest, obviously, being picking up Carlo Ancelotti yes. as their manager. Yes. But now you're going to get this group that's going to come in, have more money, and can immediately come in and blow you away because Sorry about that. they're not going to have financial fair play to deal with. Right. So Everton's got to be sitting there going, only Everton, only in Everton. <laughs> uh, you blue shite. It's never their year. The constant millhouse. Um Oh, they are the most middle <laughs> So, And this year they thought they had something. It was the moment where they passed the note to Nelson. And Nelson looks, and Milhouse gives him the smile in the eyes. And the next thing we see is Milhouse being carried out on a stretcher. That's why I've been Everton this year. They thought they had something. And then, Jesus Christ, Liverpool's only going to win the league by a record amount. And they knocked us out of the FA Cup playing a bunch of kids. God, that feels like so long ago now. Oh, God, Olivia. It did happen. It did happen. We can't. We can. It did happen, apparently. All right. So that's that's going to be most of our soccer talk for the day. Um, we did want to talk a little bit of baseball. Because, um, again, as I mentioned, when we first teased this a couple weeks ago, uh, I said, I love baseball. That's how we grew up with. We grew up loving it. Uh, we still watch it. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, of course, Major League Baseball, also affected by COVID-19. Um, start of the season has been postponed. That is true. And, um, and there have been a lot of plans in place. You know, when, when we were first going to talk about this, there was the idea of everybody playing in Arizona. Then it was like a three state thing. Now it's maybe like a 10 state thing. Uh, Who really knows at this point, um, what's going to end up happening. Of course, one of the biggest things will be if they are going to start again, how many tests are there going to be for COVID-19? Because you're going to have to constantly keep testing these players who, even though baseball isn't the most contact sport in the world, you are still going to be close to each other and within that six-foot gap. So it, it is going to be very interesting to see if and when baseball ever does come back. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, I think a few weeks ago, there have been some great articles about this. Um, and how it's affected uh, minor league baseball, how it's affected college baseball, um, and the repercussions there. And Wes, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I've I've been thinking a lot about this, and I think you might have even mentioned it a little bit, maybe in passing in a previous podcast. But you know, someone who could be directly affected by this is a good friend of the podcast, one of your very good friends. That's baseball Brit who is a coach of one of those college 
Division One baseball programs. Um, and so, th- have you talked to him at all? Has he given any indication of how things are going at that level? As uh, you know, with with everything that's been going on. Again, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine because I know I'm putting you on here. I just no, it's not that. I just I haven't really talked to him much recently. He's oh. God. I mean, even when no season, he's so incredibly busy right now with things going on. Um, sure. Uh, just a little insight. I know they're using uh, Zoom a lot <laughs> to uh, do a lot of things with their team that they still have. Um, I know part of it has been, you know, out of these seniors, and they thought they had a really strong senior class this year, mm-hmm. that uh, these are guys who have been there for just about the entire time they've been at the program now. True. Yeah. Um, they were really excited about their seniors this year, and – they're still kind of coming to grip. Everybody's still kind of coming to grips. Like, well, who's going to come back and who's not going to come back. And, yeah, you know, things along that line. Um, so I think right now it's a lot of, you know, roster, a, a lot of roster trying to figure out, well, A, what's the NCAA going to say for next year Very, when it comes to rosters? Yeah. Yeah, they've already said, well, yeah, you can bring your seniors back. Yeah. That starts. That, that's not a great thing when base, college baseball only has like 12 scholarships, I think. I don't even think it's a total total. Yeah. It's like 11.7. Maybe something like that, yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot going on, and there no one's 100% quite sure yet what's going to happen. Mm. So um, still, still more questions than answers out there. Um, they are excited among the terms of, you know, we do love these guys. We'd love to have them back. In, in a perfect world, it would be perfect. It's not It's not a perfect world. It's not going to be perfect. But um, we'll see what happens with it. All right. And that's that's all of college baseball in general. Hey, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's you know, I, I mentioned in the, uh, I, I think it was Jason Stark who did it, or maybe it was Keith Law, one of the two of them, whoever wrote the college baseball article for the athletic uh, talked about how there are coaches out there struggling saying, Hey, you know, we extended offers to freshmen who would be coming in next year. And now it's like, well, you know, if we're bringing back these seniors, if they do get that uh, grant from the NCAA to have another year of eligibility, well, you know, we, we can only carry so many people. And if I don't have room for you anymore, because I thought I was going to have space, for you, an upcoming freshman, because this senior would be graduating, now all of a sudden you don't have that. What do you tell that that uh, player? It's it's a very very tough situation, and like you're saying, the not knowing is maybe the hardest part right now because there are no definite answers. Um, and of course, another big thing is, you know, God forbid, and I know I mentioned this at one I, one of our other podcasts, and you reacted very strongly. Um, if there's no, and I, we don't know, we don't know that there won't be, but if there happens to be no college football this year or no, and potentially no college basketball, I don't think that will happen. But in case it does, those are school moneymakers, college baseball. I don't believe for nearly any program, if you're, you know, unless maybe like LSU, Something maybe a couple of SEC yeah. programs. Mm-hmm. It really, I, I want to say maybe LSU and maybe Arkansas and maybe Mississippi State mm-hmm. make some money on it. The only one, other one, even one I could even think of that would be outside the SEC would be maybe like Texas. 
like maybe maybe i don't even know if they're oh yeah you know just lsu arkansas arkansas for some reason mississippi state it's just mm. it's just like this is what there is to do in the spring there so um <laughs> but yeah i mean you know and then you go to the west coast where you would figure baseball was huge because all the kids who played god like nobody goes to west coast baseball or yeah and then so if they get all their money, or well, not all their money, but a lot of that money from college football games, which are the big money makers, called men's basketball, some from women's basketball. And if those aren't going on, that's when there's going to be some very tough decisions. I remember, I think it was two or three weeks ago, I saw that and this wasn't baseball related, but the University of Cincinnati already disbanded their varsity soccer program. So, oh, wow. yeah, so this is. This is a situation where if if the if the college football season doesn't happen, there is going to be a lot of pain with college baseball programs. Obviously, a lot of different sports, lacrosse, soccer, um, swimming, what have you. Anything that's not football or basketball will be horrendously affected by this if, for some reason, the college football season does not come out. So... Fingers crossed that does. That said, everything we're hearing about college football is like, yeah, we're going to play. It might get pushed back. Yeah, I've heard like an October start maybe, potentially. Which could be interesting, like playing winter games yeah. in, like, uh, in Camp Randall in the big house yeah. and the horseshoe. Oh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Could you imagine like at play, having the, like the uh, Alabama-Auburn game like around December 30th, like around New Year's? Yeah, and, and with no be, classes, just people. Yeah, that would be a fucking train wreck. Um, now, one interesting thing I'll bring up. Sure. And this is something I read today because that, God, the athletics had so much good so college much. football stuff. Um, here's an interesting question that was brought up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, when we kind of take a look around the country right now, mm-hmm. um, this is controversial, son. There are some states that are starting to reopen themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of those states are southern states. True. Your Georgia, Florida, South Carolina. Let's call it your SEC states. Crazy. Go figure. Um, well, and that's it. I mean, you know, a lot of now Louisiana is not one of yes. those states, yeah. as we know. But a lot of those states, you know, they weren't as hard here true. as say New York, you know, because they don't have the huge mm-hmm. urban areas. Right. Um. So let's say September rolls around and, you know, your SEC states, hey, we're good. School's in. Mm-hmm. You know, you know um, we're ready to go. Let's play football. Mm-hmm. Well, then what if California and the Pac-12 are sitting out there like, we're not ready. Yeah. We can't do this right mm-hmm. now. We're going to be in our three or four months before we're ready to do anything. Um, That's fascinating. How do you handle that? Yeah. Is it a everybody opens or, you know, pods can open? Um, another really interesting thing I saw was that you think about a conference like the ACC. Yeah, it's pretty where, yeah. Well, shoot, Florida and South Carolina and Georgia, they're ready to go. You know, North Carolina, I'm guessing we'll be ready to go sometime soon. Virginia, who the hell knows of Virginia just because of their governor? Who knows? Jesus. Everybody else is supposed to reopen in May. Virginia's like, no, middle of June. <laughs> and they won't take all the guns. Anyway, not to get into that, not to get in our other podcast. But then you can even go as high up as Boston College. Exactly. Yeah. Then you get to Boston, you get to Syracuse and New York. 
Yeah, I mean, what if they're not ready to reopen? You yeah. know, well, can Carolina and Miami play? Yeah. <laughs> you know, without Boston College and Syracuse? Yeah, while the whole SEC's down here is going, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Let's play football. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's going to be um, – I think that's going to be a really interesting – Hyper, con- um, hyper kind of subplot. Hyper controversial solution, and it's yeah, only I mean, and it's, it's only controversial. Well, this yeah. is something I would I would, say. and it's only controversial because there is a certain group that would get incredibly mad by it. You say yeah. you play only in conference. You so you play just a conference schedule, no out of conference matches, and your conference opens when it's ready. So if yeah. the SEC is ready, if the entirety of the SEC is ready, September one, go ahead. If the Pac, entirety of the Pac-12 is ready, November twelfth, then that's when you go. And here's the big piece: there's no national championship, and that's that's the group that I'm pissing off with. That is, you only you don't play, you you don't play the national championship because everything runs around the. Correct. You play. You play a conference schedule. You create a conference championship. Hell, you can still have a conference championship game, but you just don't do a national champion for this season. But you can even maybe do still. I don't know how you do bowl games. Um, but but there might be something. There. I've, I've heard there's going to be a lot of bowl games. That- yeah. I mean, you have to probably. I mean, who's going to the mining key bowl? Yeah. Nothing against the mining key ball. I mean, who's going to the belt bowl? Yeah. Other than state. Hey, <laughs> got him. Oh, gotcha. But I mean, I really, I've been hearing other than the playoff and maybe the major bowls, like the, um, what do they call them? The, uh, the New Year's, the New Year's bowls. Yeah. Like the Rose Bowl. Or not the You're Rose probably going to see for this year a Gator lot bowl. of bowls kind of slide by the wayside. Yeah. And you know, something about that, there are some, man, there are, uh, if you just look at the University of Oregon this year, mm-hmm. Oregon has back-to-back non-conference games this year against a team who's won eight of the last nine FCS championships, North Dakota State. Mm, yeah. And then they turn around the next week, and Oklahoma State comes to town. Wow. Or not Oklahoma State. Shit, Ohio State comes to oh, town. Wow. Excuse me. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Buckeyes are going to Eugene. Holy shit. Those are like... Massive non-conference games. Yeah. The season's supposed to start in Jerry World. It's supposed to be Alabama and USC. Wow. Now, here's the thing. If Alabama's ready to rock and roll and go to Jerry World, and SC's out here. No. <laughs> I mean, that is a, that's a monster. It's a monster game. So, you know, I mean, I believe we're going to have college football. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I believe we're gonna have a national champion. Okay. Um, it's just there. There's way too much money in the whole. Um, in the and that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be a season. It's gonna be like everything else. It's gonna be a season that we're gonna build. Yeah. Yeah. I. I think. I think they'll eventually. I think college football will take place this year. I. I really do. But I. I don't know in what capacity that's gonna exist. Um, also don't know, like, do you play in front of an empty stadium? Do you play in an empty stadium? Cause I mean, we, we know we've been to college football games. Those things are packed. 
even when teams are bad, those games are packed. Do, do you have that many people? Well, to an extent, I wouldn't see you guys. You know, fair enough. There are some that aren't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, are you gonna are you gonna tell the the good the good people of of uh, of of Alabama? Are you gonna tell? I don't remember her name, but the crazy the crazy Alabama fan who would call Paul Feinbaum. Uh, oh, Tammy from Auburn. Yeah, yeah, Tammy from Auburn. Unfortunately, I hate to bust your bubble. Uh, Tammy died a year or so. Are you serious? I heard her daughter actually in a bad car wreck and died. All right. I don't, I don't know how to seg you out of this, but we're just going to keep going. I thought with that land. <laughs> anyway. Let's just say, let's just say any, anyone who uh, calls in. Sure, sure. Are, are you going to tell them, hey, yeah, you, uh, you, can't, you can't go to the stadium. No, you can't do it. Jim from Dothan. There you go. Jim from Dothan. Uh, Hell yeah, I'm going to see Alabama. I mean, that, that's going to be one of those hard things. And now I think, again, a big thing, and I've said this, the big thing is going to be testing. If testing is widely available, even if a vaccine isn't readily available, if testing is much more widely available than it currently is, there is a greater chance of people being allowed together. But if it's not, that's where that's where I think the prompts question. I also realize that we have completely abandoned baseball and are just talking about whatever. But I don't really care. This is fascinating. So, um. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And then like college basketball, I think would be easier to do in an empty arena than college football. Mm-hmm. It's also maybe a little bit easier. It is more it is contact, but by then, I mean that you're talking even if you pushed it back and you just started the conference season, when you're talking about January, things could be a lot different by January one. It could also be bad again because it's the winter, mm-hmm. who knows? But but maybe college basketball can can survive this a little bit better college football is going to be super interesting not just because i think it'll be very hard to do especially at the start but i think Mm -hmm. the demand will be so strong that i don't if i just put on my realism hat i don't know how you don't have a college football season like even if i could say no that's the stupidest thing in the world and Tons of people will get sick and potentially die. Just understanding how the world and America work, I don't, I can't foresee a world where college football doesn't happen. As weird as that is, maybe for some people who too much money, man. Yeah, it's. But don't forget, it's not just like, oh, we need the money to pay the. Co-. No, college football funds a lot of college. Yes. In general. <laughs> yes. I mean, not all of it, but there, there is a lot that. Um, <clears throat> let's put it this way: you know, the uh, the football coach winning a game on Saturday. I've heard it said before, puts books in the library on Monday. <laughs> yes, yes. So you know, there, there's a lot to. There is a lot tied into college football, and you know, Tommy, you think more. Think about the economy that's just getting crushed oh, right absolutely. now. Absolutely, everything being closed down. I mean, you think of these, you think of these college towns because you know we're not talking about New York City and Boston and Los Angeles so much. We're talking about Tuscaloosa. Yeah. We're talking about Chapel Hill. Yeah. We're talking about you know, Athens, Georgia, and uh, College Station, Texas. These are the places we're talking about. 
Um, college football, college football pushes so much revenue into those towns Certainly. on those six or seven Saturdays, mm-hmm. Wednesdays for the Mac schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but those six or seven Saturdays a year, I mean that that might be like half of that town's income for the year. Sure. And, you know, you've got the little shops down there. I mean, what's the coolest thing about going to a college town? You go in the, you go in the, um, the, the, the where is it, Carolina, Johnny T-shirts. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you know, you go in the, the, the bulldog house down in Athens. I have fucking clue what it's called. <laughs> but, you know, these, these shops and these stores that are basically built on game day traffic, mm-hmm. I mean, one year gone, these places might be gone for, well, I'll say maybe forever, but they could be gone for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people's livelihoods we're talking about. Yeah. There is so much tied into it. Um, so, I mean, there there's so many more things other than just, oh, we're playing football on Saturday. Yeah. So much more tied into it. So uh, it's, it's going to be a fascinating watch to see how this develops. Um, as we as we go forward, yeah, I think you know I, I, we we made fun a little bit of fun of Virginia earlier. I think though, realistically, around June is when we'll start having a better handle on exactly what things will start to look like. Like I know some people mm-hmm. will be opening back in May. North Carolina potentially might be opening back up around mid-May, um, mm-hmm. and we'll and they'll start the the slow phasing back end of things. Um, Hopefully, West, need, West needs the gym better. There you go. Um, it's all about me. Yeah, of course. Um, so, I but I think around June is when we'll start to have a better idea of uh, of that. You know, I've I've heard, you know, from one name producer Jackie, potentially, potentially, they're not sure even in North Carolina that schools will be open in August. Now, I don't I don't know if that applies to colleges. But at least for for um, traditional. for traditional schools, they because of if they start May eighth, the process of opening up things and the the fa- the three phases they have to go through, the, it wouldn't hit until maybe like the last week of August that schools could mm-hmm. be reopened, and then it's like all right, well, you probably don't send in kids right away. You start the teachers get back in there and get set up and then maybe mm-hmm. like beginning of September students start coming in. So would that apply to colleges? I don't know. I sh- could probably. Just um, a- apparently something's come out from the university. of mm-hmm. Looking at a, what did I see? They're looking at a September at a, at, a, at either an August or a September start for the fall semester. Okay. And that was like something that came from like the the University of North Carolina mm-hmm. system. And so that um, may be separate from separate like or something. Um, the North Carolina public school system. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, this was this was um, something I saw on an East Carolina page. Okay. You know, obviously, it was about you know East Carolina's in that system, so True. there was something about that. But um, <clears throat> you know, best case scenario, we're gonna get best case scenario, we're gonna get a close to traditional restart of everything. I think so. 
yeah. best case. Yeah, in the best case, yeah. I'm not totally holding my breath. I, you know, I'm an optimistic yes. person. They West call me West Positive Rachel. Um, you're the only person who calls me that, but <laughs> hey, they call me. Yes. <clears throat> um, but even as optimistic as I am, this is going to be tight trying to get it onto a regular schedule. Yeah, long ways to go. Um, so with that, we'll transfer from that talk into our little quiz we were going to do here. And this was uh, prompted, um, I'm not going to say the website, well, I don't give a shit. You're not going to look it up. You're, you're better than that. Uh, this is from MLB Trade Rumors, bringing it up um, in an article. And I'm not going to say the name of the article, because that will give away one of the answers. Um, but the article is based around who, what Major League Baseball player had the most hits in each decade. And we're only going to do three decades. Um, and I have the top five for each decade. So we'll go through, we'll start with the most recent. We'll do 2010 to 2019. Then we'll do 2000 to 2009. And we'll do 1990 to 1999. And then we'll, they have more, but we'll, we'll stop there. Um, so let's start. Top five. They list six, but we'll just do five. Top five, 2010 to 2019 hits. West Bradshaw, who do you think are the top five in all of Major League Baseball? 2010-2019. Folks, I'm doing this cold. I have no yep. Um Ichiro? No. Okay. Mike Trout? Surprisingly, no. I think he came on a little too late. I have uh, Miguel Cabrera? He is fifth. Woohoo! On the board, yeah. baby. Here we go. Um... <clears throat> It's, it's, it's. Jose Altuve. No. Um, <clears throat> I will. I will. I will start giving you hits because you start. You again. You did come. Up. Yeah. Two of these players were uh -huh. in the same outfield for at least a couple years of one American League East club. Um. Um, see, I mean, you know, I would say like Mookie, but I don't think mm. long no, I'll, I'll tell you that team is actually the Baltimore Orioles. Jesus Christ, Adam Jones, he is third, yes. Oh, god, it's a terrible stat now. <laughs> uh, Nick Markakis, he's second. Jesus Christ. See, what is that? You did first and fourth. Oh, my lord. Oh, lord. Uh, um, hmm. Who would be first? Who would be first? He is an older oh, player. I don't feel like an ass when I don't get first. Aren't he is an older player. He played a lot for the Yankees. Uh, he also played a little bit in Seattle. Um, there you go. Number one. What do you do? I hate Robinson. 1,695 hits this decade. And so the other, the remaining player, uh, let's see, how, how do I guide you to him? Uh, he was with the Chicago Cubs and then also played a little bit with the Yankees and is currently in Miami. Oh, Jesus. He is a middle and shielder. Um, um, um. Oh, Starling. Uh huh. Uh, Starling Castro. Yes. Okay. God. Fourth place. 
I hate this. I mean, it's weird because like, who of those guys are like superstars? Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, I mean, I guess. Well, did I say we said Cabrera was fifth? Right? Yeah, it's so it's Robinson Cano, Nick Marcakis, Adam Jones, uh-huh. Starling Castro, Miguel Cabrera, but sixth was Elvis Andrus. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the guys who are superstars, right? Mm-hmm. Late in the, later in the decade, yeah. your Trouts, your Betts, oh, yeah. you know, uh, your Bryce Harpers, mm-hmm. your Rondons, those guys, they came later. Mm-hmm. And then I think really you had like some big time superstars who were kind of moving out in the middle of the decade. Sure. Yeah. So, ugh. yeah, it's a weird list. All these lists is great. I will, I will say the 2000 decade is actually a really good list. And I think you'll get a lot of these names like just on your own. The the nineteen ninety nine the nineties you'll probably be able to get some of them. It's 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 definitely still a good list. It's better, I based on how we're saying it, it's better than the last decade. But let's start two thousand to two thousand nine. Wes, who are your top five? Intro. Yes, number one. Good job. Yes, I knew that motherfucker had to be in there somewhere. <laughs> Hitting freaking machine. Uh, Derek Jeter, number two. All right, so here we there go. You go. I mean, there you go. Yes, I'm getting where I know some guys now. Um, oh man, what a decade it was. Um, um it's a road cheater. Who the hit guys? Who are my hit guys? Miguel Cabrera. No. <laughs> I don't think he made that decade. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Arod's not in there, is he? He is not actually not top five. Okay, I wouldn't think. Uh, not Bonds. They didn't pitch to Bonds enough for him to get enough. That's true. Yes. Um. God, he probably would have if they just thrown the ball in there. Uh. Um. No. Uh. Shit. You're going to start throwing some. All right. All right. Uh, third place was one of the big halo of shortstops that was in the 2000s, but it's probably not one of the ones you'd immediately think of. Not my beloved Noma. No, it's not nowhere. No. Um. God, shortstop, shortstop. Because there was the big three. It was Jeter, Nomar, uh, A-Rod. And then there was a fourth. There was a fourth. Um, not Edgar Ritteria. Oh, not Edgar Ritteria. Jesus, God, he stole money from us for a year. Played, uh, played in Baltimore for a long time. Not, not Cal Ripken. Just to say, wait a damn minute. Um, shortstop Baltimore. Uh, also played in Oakland. Started his career in Oakland, actually. Um, oh, um, uh, Tejada. Yes, Miguel Tejada. Me, Miguel Tejada. That's a good he one. He was third. Was uh, fourth uh, is someone I would probably consider maybe one of the best hit left-handed first basemen I ever watched hit. Um, um, I feel like anything else is just a dead giveaway. Um, 
<laughs> he was a he was a National League first base. Um, uh, Tom Hilton, correct. Yeah. Um, and then fifth, uh, I I can give you a hint, and I think this will just. Uh, he probably got so many hits because he would literally just swing at anything. Oh, Tony Gwynn. No, God, no, 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 no. Uh, Vlad. I agree. Yes. Vlad. I was about to say, wait a minute. No, not Tony Gwynn. Right. I just read something about Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn's got to dominate the eighties, the nineties. All right. Well, then let's let's head straight there. Nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety. Give me your top five. Um, <clears throat> Tony Gwynn. Yes, he is fourth. Um. Um. Not Ripken. Ripken? No, not Ripken. Bonds? Not Bonds. Hmm. I will tell you this. Um, Ripken played with two of these players on the list. Uh, and they were they were all teammates together for like, I think, maybe two years in the mid-90s. Oh, mid-90s Orioles. Mid-90s Orioles. I know my boy Will Clark getting on that list. Not Will Clark. Oh, love Will Clark. Favorite player ever. <laughs> um, played for the Orioles mid 90s. Ah, shit. I gotta remember those Orioles teams. What Brady Anderson? No, not Brady Anderson. They're both infielders. <laughs> Brady Anderson is one fucking year. Yeah. He wasn't on anything, though. No. Um, God, I'm gonna kick myself. Those, those Orioles teams, they had a bunch of. I almost say mercenaries for a few years. Sort of, yeah. It's like guys who, oh yeah, we played for the world. You played like everywhere mm-hmm. else too. Um, the only guy they didn't get, I think it was Gary Sheffield. Yes. Um, shit, bruv. Um, there's two second basemen on this list, and one of them is that Baltimore player. But he was only in Baltimore for a couple years. Uh, oh, uh, Alomar. Yeah, Roberto Alomar was fifth. Okay. Um, there's another second baseman on this list. Um, who is all um, all famer? Hall of Fame second baseman. He played for the Orioles too. No, he did not play for the Orioles. Okay. Um, I believe he's like maybe the career leader in hit by pitch. Maybe. Oh, uh, Biggio. Yes, Craig Biggio. Biggio. Uh, okay. All right, so we have three, four, and five. Uh, second, he was an Orioles first baseman who may have been on something. <laughs> Jim Thome? No, not Jim Thome. Uh, oh, Palmero. Yep, Rafael Palmero. He's second. So now, the first place person. The reason this entire article even exists for the, for the entirety of the 90s. He was a first base. Number one is a first baseman. He was a National okay. League first baseman. Uh, Okay, okay. Um, Biggio's over there. It's not going to be Bagwell. Not Bagwell. Not Bagwell. Fred McGriff. It's not Fred McGriff. That is a really good guess, given the clue. Not Fred McGriff. Um, It's not Sid Bream. Um, He won a World Series playing for the Diamondbacks. Not Mark fucking Grace. 
Shut up. Mark fucking Grace. You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not. That's the entire oh reason God. this article existed. It's it, it's it's because Mark Grace, with 1,754 hits, led all of the 90s in total hits. Would I would not come up with that in a minute. I know. I know. That's what makes this article great. It's a fantastic article over on MLB Trade Rumors. Um, oh and again, they do the 80s and 70s and 60s and 50s. So you can go check out those as well. Um, so last last guess we'll do here. So we have Robinson Cano led the this current decade. Ichiro led the 2000s. Grace somehow led the 90s. I want you to order them in terms of who had the most hits in their decade. Say that again. So from most to least, out of Ichiro in the 2000s, Cano in this uh-huh. decade, and Grace in the 90s, from most to least, which of those three had the most hits in their that decade, and which one had the least? I guess, like, if that's... Okay, um, I would say uh, Ichiro, Grace, Cano. You are correct. Ichiro had 2,030 hits in the 2000s. Jesus God, that man, that man's incredible. That's and it's just because he didn't try to hit home runs. Either. Yeah. He just like tried to hit C and I singles everywhere. Absolutely amazing. Just an absurd baseball player. And again, that doesn't count everything he did in Japan, which was a lot. So that was fun. She has fun little quiz. That was just yes, and that's that's the best part is we just ending it with more King Harry. And then there's uh, and then there's just Pete Rose who yeah. just put them all to shame. But um, actually, let me see. Uh, cause I think he's on one of the lists. I just, yeah, he led the seventies. No doubt. So there you go. Um, so this is the part where we, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying Pete Rose. <laughs> um, this is the part where we pimp the athletic. So Wes, if you have anything specific, we've talked a lot about the athletic, but if you have anything specific, you want to sp- uh, purely pimp here, go for it. Um, God, they've had so much good stuff the last few weeks. Um, I, I, I did like more NFL draft coverage this year than I've done in years. Mainly just because it was the athletic and really, really good. It's shocking. So, um, yeah, so there was some really good draft coverage this week. Um, uh, basically, just reviews of everything. Um, mock-ups for next year already out there, which leads to mock-ups. Um, for uh, you know, preseason top twenty-five sure. coming out, so much of that. Um, they've introduced a new baseball actually uh, series this week: the sixty greatest moments. Oh, uh, I was going to talk about that. But go ahead. Oh well, no, no, I'll let you have. I haven't even touched it. No, I literally just found it a couple hours ago. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, they're you know kind of like they counted down mm-hmm. the best baseball players of all. Um, they counted down, they're counting down the 60 greatest moments in baseball history, mm-hmm. which I think they've done like two or three so mm-hmm. far. So, uh, that's still, that's still new and out there. Um, yeah, I mean, golly, I'm trying to think what else I got real quick. Uh, there's been some really good soccer stuff. Um, I read an article. So apparently in, had to be around night. It was around 2000, a little before then. It was like late 90s, early 2000. Um, 
Barcelona were celebrating their centenary season, mm, okay, their hundredth season, mm-hmm. and the culmination was a friendly. It was a late season friendly between Barcelona and the Brazilian national team. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was that was really good. It was um, and it was the Barcelona of um, of Ronaldo, Rivaldo, <laughs> and Rario were the front. Holy freaking shit, man! <laughs> um, they had a they had an embedded uh, highlight, match, and it was freaking crazy. Uh, and then when you find out that um, Luis Enrique uh, scored a goal in that match for Barcelona, <laughs> um, and then I think Pep played in the match for Barcelona, <laughs> and apparently on the bench as a young assistant for Barcelona was uh, Josie. What? Sorry. Oh, fascinating! Just it's the, again, the athletic just does so much good stuff. Uh, like, like Wes mentioned, the sixty moments again coming from Joe Bosnanski, who did the top one hundred baseball players. Oh, yeah. um, Which I'm slowly working my way down. It's just amazing. That's been God. That's a really good. I mean, every article is just so good. I mean, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and he actually just had on his podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. He had on Joey Votto to talk about the rankings. So, and that's a fascinating podcast. It's long, but it's very, very good. Joey Votto, very, very smart dude. Um, I will also pimp out uh, this article, how U.S. soccer experimented with 10 changes to the game before launching MLS. Holy shit, is it fucking dumb, but just, man, it's, it's, it's still a good read. It's really, really good, because it's a lot of dumb shit in this article. But it's, again, fantastic to read. America, <laughs> we're gonna fix a sport that doesn't need to be fixed. So that that Wes, let's hit the watch for what you're watching in the week that was, or the week that will be. What I watch this week? Um, I did my son stuff. I'm still waiting to finish up Brooklyn. Mm, yes, two episodes left of the season. Nice. Um, I understand there's some cheddar play in it. Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness, we'll, we'll review that next week. Don't <laughs> worry. I'll be done by next week, and we'll review that. Um, what I watch? I watched an old World War II movie called A Bridge Too Far. Mm, okay. That I'd heard of before, but I was like, "Well, free. Let me watch it." Um, let's run it down. Sean Connery, Robert Redford, uh, the freaking um, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Gene Hackman. Oh, okay. Um. God, I, I've got to remember, I just keep going. Stars all over the freaking place in this thing. Uh, Ryan O'Neill was in it. Um, he was really big back then. Uh, um, God, there were a couple other uh, big people in it. Um, as I pull it up so I can cheat. Uh, Michael Caine, James Caan, Lawrence Olivier. Jesus. Elliot Gould. What? Yeah. This thing is like this World War II movie. Just this random World War II movie. Um, yeah. So it's like all this, holy shit, I know who that is. Shit, I know who that is. Yeah, a bunch of those. It was made in 1977. Damn. Pretty good, pretty good. My dad was very pissed at the end because he didn't realize. Oh. That was um, that was the, uh, the jumping invasion of the Netherlands. Mm. Near the end of the war. Uh, he was like, what the hell? We lost? I said, yes, that's some bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> can't can't all be once upon a time in Hollywood. 
He's he's special. Yeah, exactly. Just fix it however we want to fix it. Man. Um, I feel like I've I've watched other stuff. I just can't remember half of it. It was just that good. Um, I started Brockmire. I started season three of Brockmire. Oh, okay. I started watching Scrubs from the beginning. Okay. Yeah, I've seen all of Scrubs back in the day. I don't think I ever watched them in order though. Hmm. Okay. So I'm um, doing that. Um, shit. Um, that's about all I've got. Me and the me and the parents watched Twelve Strong the other night. Okay, which I'd seen before. They hadn't. That was that was right. Nice. Special. Um, but yeah, but I, I've got a little watch for that comes into my so raw. So I'm just so ready. To get so raw. all right, then real quick, I will do my watch. Um, I'm very excited for this. Tomorrow night or Thursday night, whatever, however you want to delineate that. Thursday night on NBC, and I will have to watch on Friday because I don't have, like, real TV. Um, The Parks and Recreation gang are getting back together for one night only, and I am so excited for this episode of Parks and Recreation. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I've already seen Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson talking to each other via FaceTime, and I, I just... It, it's so funny, too, because me and one name producer, Jackie, have been re-watching a lot of Parks and Rec, uh, as well as Psych, actually. But we've, we, were, we, I, we were in the middle of a Parks and Rec episode when it came across my Twitter feed, and I was like, huh? She's like, what? And I'm like, I just pointed the phone at her. She's like, oh my god! It, so I, I can't wait for this. It's going to be fantastic, and I can't, I can't wait to see everybody. April, Andy, Larry, Gary, Jerry, Larry. Um, it's the whole group. It's I'm so excited. So that's my watch four, and I will now cede the time to the rest of this watch four, which will bleed into uh, so raw. So yes, raw. Um, a few weeks ago, uh-huh. uh, due to a big part of it was due to COVID. Mm-hmm. WWE had what they called, I believe, it was like Tuesday where they had to trim some folks off the roster. Yes, I did remember reading about that. The highlights for me were, as you know, one of my favorite ever tag teams. You call them the Good Brothers, Bullet Club, whatever you want to call them. Gun and Gallo mm-hmm. released from WWE. Now, good news for them. They made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Even better news, they can go back to Japan or AEW or yes. they want to. Best news of it all, Ed. The return of the worst podcast oh, no. ever. Talking <laughs> shop. What? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. COVID-19 strikes again. Five oh. episodes in now of the new Talking Shop. Oh, God, no. are not quite struck the same level of drunken revelry as the first time. Uh-huh. But that's because they've been quarantined as well. Fair enough. <laughs> they've been quarantined, so um, yeah, can't can't get can't win them all. But the boys are back. What? Oh, what? What? I'm gonna be doing Stone Cold forever again. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that that is like my highlight. Um, crack open a beer, take off your pants, and listen to the worst podcast ever. It's talking shop. So, uh, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Rocky Romero. The boys are back. 
together. They're doing David Penzer impersonations. <laughs> um, well, life is good again. Oh my god, life is good again. As soon as they can come to you live from the, t- <laughs> that's when it's going to get real again. So real. There we go. <sighs> so WWF thought they WWE whatever they want to be called. <laughs> They thought they had taken away, but instead they have given mana to the hungry. They, they didn't know what they were messing with. Oh, that's great. That's that is fantastic. It's so stupid, but that's great. Oh well, what a what a return of sorrow. I'm so happy. Um, I'm so happy we got to do this podcast too. This was a lot of fun. Uh, after being not able to do it for the last couple of weeks, we uh got to bang one out again so uh hey that'll do it for this one though uh we'll be back next week we'll talk about other stuff um maybe something will have happened by then maybe uh other states will actually be open and we'll be closer to seeing you know what's going on in england maybe the newcastle deal will finally have fallen through we'll be able to laugh at newcastle for for one thing in real quick soccer wise that's like my favorite thing so germany are like the closest to starting Uh uh-huh yes Um, you were talking about playing like empty arena basketball. Uh-huh. Holy <laughs> Jesus, the Germans are brilliant as always. The season ticket holders mm-hmm. are able to take their picture, send it in, and pay a little fee. And they are putting cardboard cutouts of the fans in the seats. I forgot to include this in the rundown. This is amazing, though. That is brilliant. And if they oh. would type in crowd noise. Oh, yeah. Holy smoke, that's awesome. Now they totally need to do that for basketball. There you go. That they can do it. There's your college basket. That is how you fix college basket. There you go. You just have a bunch of Carolina fans in polo shirts and whatever. Bunch of 70-year-old white haired <laughs> yeah. men. Yep. Yep. And, and Michael Jordan. Um and Michael Jordan. <laughs> weird group. Um but thank you all for joining us here on this edition of Warner Fair Podcast. Once again, we're presented by NGSC Sports. Uh you can find them on the social media as well as us. Uh, as a collective on Twitter, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Brown, all 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. So with that, uh, we will be bidding you adieu. See you guys next week on uh, episode 313. But before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you'd like to add? Usually this is what I like to talk about, you know, what's going on kind of in the mm-hmm. scene somewhere. Um, I run a lot by myself now. Mm. I got a bicycle that I run. Oh, cool. Yeah, got a bike. Um, might might be biking towards you soon, Ed. I, I, I have oh, boy. the Durham Raleigh. Oh, okay. So it gives me a reason to get out and see society and yeah. nature yes. all those things. You know, Just wear a mask and rubber gloves outside because that's the smartest thing ever. <laughs> Come on, people. Do better. <laughs> do better, I implore you. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. I have a bike and I run. Fantastic. Well, uh, with that... Good for you, Slugger. <laughs> hey, we just got uh, one name produced for Jackie's bike tires filled up with air today. <sighs> I know. Very exciting. Um, so with that and that last queen reference we will be adjourning today's podcast uh, for one um, for one name producer Jackie because she got mentioned on the podcast from a call and crime West Bradshaw I am Edward Green thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of the podcast until next time stay safe 
and one day we will again be able to enjoy the football. Good night, Georgia. You're partially open. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Turn me away at the border. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll see how that goes. That this this would be the season two. Uh. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.